Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Friends, hello. Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. DJ Pajowski here, joined by Solly uh, at the Kill House. We're going to be talking some English golf. Is that correct? We are. I've got to be, do a bit of an impression. <laughs> All right, that's it for the lot. Crash Course Podcast. Thank you for listening. I've been watching a lot of Peaky Blinders <laughs> lately, so it's not quite the same region, but I could uh, I could dial it up if need be. Well, tell tell the people what we're talking about today, because it's a place I have never been. I'm I'm a, a captivated audience. I'm I'm excited to hear about it. We're talking about we're talking about St. George's Hill today, okay. a golf course that uh, I played a couple times now. I got to play it for the first time in 2017, and then I played it last year uh, in my trip through the northwest of England and then through the Surrey area uh, of London in September of 2019. Um, caught it in just peak shape. Um, Heathland Golf Course, which we've talked some about Heathland Golf on the main pod, but uh, it's basically like Lynx Golf, but inland. And not to get in the definition of Lynx Golf again, but it is sandy soil, kind of like Pinehurst is about what my best comparison would be, but with Lynxy conditions. Lynxy conditions. The same thud that you would want to hear on a Lynx course, you'll hear on Heathland Golf Courses. Uh, the Surrey area is just littered with them. Sunningdale. Um, is maybe probably the most famous one of that. Walton Heath has hosted a Ryder Cup and has hosted recently the British Masters and is also a very famous uh, golf course in that region. Both of those courses have uh, have are 36-hole complexes. St. George's Hill is a Harry Colt uh, design that has 27 holes there. They have a red course, a blue course, and a green course. It used to be 36 holes, but it's now just 27. Uh, but the red and the blue from my understanding, is what makes up the the eighteen hole. I've played the green as well. It, it doesn't really hold up to what I'm talking about today, which is that would be your composite course. The red and the blue, and I believe red is technically the kind of the front nine, blue is the back nine, and that's kind of what I'll refer to it as. But uh, it's it it's stuck. It, that place just stuck with me. It really did. Um, it's not under the radar by any means, but I think it does live in the shadow of Walton Heath and Sunningdale, and I'm not. Positive, I can say I like it more than Sunningdale. It just has hit me in the feels harder than the other two. I think more because I, I I knew so little about it going into it. And you roll up there, and it's just grand. Like, a lot of what I love about English golf, Scottish golf, Irish golf is, like, small little clubhouses, like, just about the golf, not very ritzy. This place is different. This is, The clubhouse is a, is a castle. Like, it, <laughs> it sits up on this hill. It's massive. It just feels this is like the ultimate C-suite golf course. It's every it is. I'm just gonna be honest, okay? It's not necessarily why I love it, um, but it just is a very special place, and the scale of it is just in looking at a couple pictures, preparing for this, and and videos that are on YouTube. Like I'm, I'm like, how do you how do you describe that? Like how do you use words? I really want to go make a video there. Is what I want to do, but I'm here to talk about St. George's Hill because that place is maybe my favorite Heathland golf course. So let's work through the, the crash course questions a little okay. bit here. We, you, you kind of touched on a little bit of all of them, but the, um, where is this course? You're, you're talking just 
we're, we're London, London, outskirts of London? Southwest of London. So okay. there's an area called Surrey that hosts just has, you, you can stumble upon an unbelievable golf course, right? I mean, people have heard of some of the famous ones, but I kind of got my first taste of some of the quote unquote secondary, second tier courses in that area, like the Berkshire. I went there and was like, whoa, this is like the next tier down? Like, this is unbelievable. This looks like Pinehurst. And it, it just is, if I had a chance, Jacksonville is a great place to live like about nine months of the year. If I could leave during the summer months, spend them in Surrey playing those golf courses, it's what I would do. I mean, it's some of the most fun golf. You're not getting beat up by the wind every single day. You could do it multiple days in a row. And it still plays the same in terms of, you know, firm turf, run-up shots, all the considerations you want to make in a in a Lynx golf course. So, um, Lynx style. Lynx style golf course, yes. But... So yeah, it, it's uh, this area. As is we just, mentioned in the Whistling Straits yeah. episode, a Lynx course is a course with no trees. <laughs> <laughs> this one has trees, so it's not a Lynx course. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it it the place just has resonated with me, and I remember walking coming down the final stretch. This was the last course I played on the trip, and I remember just being like, "How how am I here right now? Like this is and not not to be overly dramatic about it, but I've gotten to see some really special places, been a lot of places, and." I still had that feeling walking up like the 16th, 17th holes of like, I cannot believe like in this light right here with a couple of dudes that I met on Instagram, um, we have this course to ourselves right now and I'm having like the time of my life. And, and that's just, that's why I wanted to talk about this golf course. How would you describe, uh, not how would you describe, how, what would you compare that area Surrey to? Because I, I've been to, it's near Wentworth, right? It's yep. kind of in the same spot. I yep. went there once for like a day. It was kind of a blur, uh, but it almost has kind of like a, like Westchester yes. almost kind of vibe, I've right? I've not spent enough time uh, around in the surrounding neighborhoods of New York, but it's like the rich area of New York, like New it York It doesn't suburbs. feel like you're, it, it's, what I'm getting at is it's uh, more, God, I'm like struggling for the words, but it's sprawling, but not in like an urban sprawl. It's it's much more like vast, yes. you know, and, and which always is, almost unsettling when you're so close to a big city. Right? It's not grids, right? The roads are not yeah. grids. So it's hard to get a real grasp of the size and how, cause there's, and there's a lot of like a rolling terrain. And that's what this course is defined by is you, you pull up, you pull up through basically the first hole and you're like, Whoa, like, look at that. You go all like, it's a big dip and you come back all the way up for this like 380 ish yard par four. And you're just hit right away with this huge elevation change, and you get that throughout the entire golf course. So imagine playing like a a Lynx style. Like again, when I say Lynx style, I just mean like firm, fast, but it's on really sandy soil. Imagine playing that through rolling hills, and yeah. it is just an absolute thrill. It hits you so hard. The first four holes are the maybe the most memorable stretch on the entire course. Just like I mentioned, that first part four, you dip all the way down, then come back up to this flat green site, and then. Uh, it's kind of an easier hole than two is this long par four up over this ridge with a revealing shot over a creek um, to this very difficult green. And then three is this beautiful little par three at the corner of the property. And then four, it's like a five iron. The three is like a five iron. And then four is a 270 par four with surrounded by bunkers, big ass green. It's like a three wood to the middle of the green. It's a very variable hole, but it just is like the, these holes just look like theaters. It's what it feels like. You just feel like this is a, theatrical dramatic place and it's hard to really 
that sets the pace for what you're, it's hard to, the, the remaining 14 holes could suck ass if you wanted to, and you would still be like, that course was awesome because of how hard it hits you right from the beginning. And the remaining 14 holes don't suck ass. You, you mentioned a bit of the history with Harry Cole. Anything else you want to say on that? Or is that? I, I don't know enough about the history. Uh, I think it's probably should know more, but again, as a 1911 course is when, uh, is when it was, the original idea came together. The course was open for play in 1913. It is uh, top100golfcourses.com says it's considered to be Colt's greatest work. This is around the same time period as Pine Valley, um, which ever heard of it? Is, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, it, it, again, it's just like what separates it out so much is just how dramatic the terrain is. And I can't imagine what it was like to build this golf course in the 1900s. And like, it, it's a it's a testament to how great the natural land is because you can't move dirt in that area in that time period and you go it is a workout this golf course is a workout you go up and down so many times but the way it the uses the terrain and the way all the green sites sit it's so natural we talked about whistling straights uh in the same morning session i don't know if you, if you will listen to that one but like that was the most dirt you can move probably and this is like the opposite it's like this is a found golf course and uh it's got a couple holes that are a, a little bit dull that probably prevent it from being one of the top 20 golf courses in the world but there's enough there that makes you just like want to keep coming back um i know this is a much more binary question in the in the states is it public private uh etc i'm guessing we've got some sort of a bit of a, a hybrid model it is on. it is some sort of a hybrid model there is a visitors section to the website uh they are welcome on wednesdays thursdays and fridays uh tea times to be booked in advance uh to be clear i don't know what the cost is i got to play it with uh with members and uh it, it's it it is a place that gosh i hate even going to this i could play every day but like I, it is like the place you you would want to play every day what uh what holes stick out to you so I mentioned kind of that opening stretch, one through four. Uh, the tenth hole, uh, which is the number one first hole on the blue course, is also just a wild, wild hole. So you come up, I'm trying to set the scene here. The clubhouse sits on top of this hill, right? And if you look out of the clubhouse, there is one tee, which goes to the right on the red course, and then the other tee, they almost back up to each other, which is the tenth tee. Kind of like Karn. And goes to the left. Not necessarily, both... So at Karn, disregard. Uh, yeah. it's okay. That's <laughs> at best. Karn, what? they both go away from the clubhouse, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. from St. George Hill, you both go in different directions. Got it. Okay. And you both go down dramatic hills, and and ten, on ten they have. I don't know if it's. I don't remember if it was still there. I remember the first time I played it. There's a mirror up on the tree that you look up at to see if there's people still in the fairway. I think now there's a TV screen, if I remember right. Okay. Um, C-suite. Yes. And <laughs> there's a little starter's hut there, and it's just. It's a dramatic little par par four, kind of a blind tee shot because you don't know who where where it's going to land. And then the green, it's the green is uh, kind of a blind green as well. There's this big ridge you might be able to see the pen, you might not, and a big slope that you can use on the left to bring your ball in. Um, so it's just like introduces right away how much you're going to be using the ground game. So that hole really sticks out. It's I believe on the Friday it was one of its eclectic 18 holes because mm -hmm. it is kind of a, I, there's definitely a group of people that would go to that course and be like, oh that hole sucks. Like I I couldn't I didn't know where <laughs> to hit it. Like it's so uncomfortable. And I might have been that guy three years ago for all I remember, but the second time through I was like, whoa, this is wild. 
And then 11 is like a 115 par three. Again, super elevated tee, big ravine dip, and like not a volcano green, but just a green that sits right on top of this, top this tiny little ridge. And it's small, and it's like a precise little shot you got to hit. If you miss that, I don't even want to know what happens. Uh, but it is just, again, it, the, both of the starts to both of the nines, it just hits you so hard right away. And then you go 12 is this little 350 par four that, you know, another big dip that you got to decide how you want to come into the green on. It just is activating. It is thrilling. It is, I'm getting like, this table is rising up about two inches on this side. <laughs> uh, you've said too many nice things about it. Give, give me something bad. Well, um, gotta, there's got to be some criticism. Some criticism. I think... Uh, like the eighth hole, I've read some stuff online that people would really love to see them restore the eighth hole to par three. Um, I don't know exactly what people are looking for. I know there's been some work done to that hole, but I think it, uh, bunker wise, it could look more like the original. There's a lot of old photographs of this one and people just, it's, it, it being so highly regarded as Colt's work, some, some purists are really looking for it to, to be brought back to full restoration, which is just so freaking hard to do in today's day day and age one criticism the ninth green the ninth hole again so you, you go down to start both nines which means you got to come back uphill to finish the ninth is look straight up at the clubhouse it's picturesque like you're going to get a great photo of you teeing off on nine um if you're not careful you could hit it to the wrong green sick <laughs> <laughs> I, which always, I, did, I love that That's which i the did best. the pin was tucked on the left and like the ninth <laughs> and 18th greens line up perfectly i hit it i gunned the 18th green and hit it at the 18th green have and you ever done that like when you're playing a match against somebody i don't think i have <laughs> oh. i've played from like wrong tees i've never played at the wrong green which was awesome because <laughs> like the guys i'm playing with are like did you shank that i was like no i just kind of pushed it a little bit and i got up there I'm like, oh my god! I played the wrong green. Like they're 50 yards; they're not that close, or they're not that far apart from each other. And I just didn't even see the pin. Um, so that'd be my critique of it. Uh, there's a couple par fours that are just like just kind of okay. I think there's still it, there's never just a flat straight hole. Like there's always up or downhill, which is where why like while you're playing it, you're not thinking like, ah, oh, this hole's kind of dull. It's it's activating. Every shot is activating. And it has, and I haven't even talked much about this, like the aesthetic of a Heathland course in the proper time of year with like the purple Heath coming through, it just hits in the feels. It's so pretty. It just, the color of the flags, and I know that's a crazy thing, but like a nice red flag with purple flowery stuff coming up all around the golf course, but plenty of ample width. It It's just the most activating feeling. I, I don't know how to describe it any other way. So if I'm... We have covered in great detail uh, traveling to Scotland, traveling to Ireland, uh, traveling across the United States. We have not done uh, England very well. I know you have been there a couple of times. If I'm uh, John Q. Public mm -hmm. looking to take a trip to England, are these courses accessible to visitors? How Are they all... You know, I know there's a lot of private uh, golf courses that we're talking about, but they do allow members. Just what would what is a golf trip to England look like for somebody who's who's who doesn't have media access, doesn't have all these things that, that's looking to book a trip like this? So England is different in how they market themselves, right? They are not as anxious for visitors as Scotland and Ireland are. Um, I think that's population based. I mean, England, I think, has like 40 million people. Scotland has like five. And how many golf courses are in Scotland? There's a ton, right? So they don't survive off member fees. Again, I'm not an expert on this, but I would say when it comes to England, those courses, 
survive better off of member fees than they do guest fees. You can right. show up. And like, so it's not an open door policy. Like I mentioned here, you can come on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays as guests and only on Friday mornings. So like on weekends, it is reserved for member play and Monday, Tuesdays, apparently you cannot come. Um, you can you can call the pro shop. You can email to get tea times. I don't know. I would imagine the cost is somewhere between 200 and 250 pounds unaccompanied. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a premium, premium golf course. But I, I would say like, you, it's just not the, t- it's not the first trip you think to take, right? Is like, I'm going to go to London for golf. I, for me, it's it, it, people almost always default to the coasts. Even then England's got am- amazing golf on the coast and like the Northwest of England between Royal Liverpool, um, you know, Royal Birkdale, Royal Lytham, uh, Formby, West Lancashire, that, that trip is like its own and you don't even have to move and you can have an incredible time. And Surrey just doesn't, it's more of a place where people live than they do travel to. Now, I will say a lot of people go to London for a lot of different reasons. If you can pack your clubs, it's probably not the easiest place to lug your clubs to and from. A lot of these courses are accessible by train. I don't I don't know if you can get to St. George's Hill by train, but gosh, if you're there for a week, you know, doing whatever and you want a golf day, like you can get out to the suburbs and play a round of golf and access these golf courses. So like it, and, I would definitely suggest to people like go find a flat in Surrey and stay there for five days and go play a bunch of these golf courses. Absolutely. It's not a trip that a lot of people think to take, um, but it's like, it would come extremely highly recommended by me. Um, crash course question. What'd you shoot? I shot 69 on this day. I yeah. didn't even know that. I wouldn't I played good. I, <laughs> I play, I, this was like the 12th round of golf in 10 days. I think I was finally starting to find my swing. And again, what I, what I love about this style of golf is I just gotten off the coast, right? And you come inland and you're just not getting crushed by wind. It's not to say that there's yeah. not a wind element to these courses, but it's not a link style wind. It's not 25 miles an hour crosswinds into the wind. You're not having to flight balls down. The challenge is more about the elevation change with the firmness than it is the, the wind. I'm sure the wind blows out there. We did not get wind on this day. It was a pretty straightforward test. Big greens, big fairways, perfect golf course for me. Um, I'll never forget. I know it's not the same thing, but I'll never forget playing Lahinch and Adair Manor in back-to-back days. Whereas <laughs> Lahinch is like, "All right, boys, strap in. Yep. Like it's going to be a battle today. We're going to battle against the elements." Whereas Adair is just like, "Oh, it's so this great to be alive. <laughs> God, how fun is it to be alive?" So that's what I mean. I I freaking love playing Lynx golf. That's been well document documented. But you do come inland and you get away from the the sea breeze and still get like the firm and fast part. It's not e- it's not easy. It's definitely not. But it takes so much of that bite out, and you feel like you're in better control of your swing. I don't know that whole element to it was like the combin the Heathland golf. I walked away from that being like that might be it. Like I can't play Lynx golf every day. I yeah. really can't. I could play Heathland golf every single day. I really do think that. What um. You know, we always kind of end the crash course videos and try to end the pods with, you know, what's your lasting memory? What when someone mentions this golf course, uh, what's the first thing that springs to mind? It's the aesthetic. Um, it really is. Um, it. I, I feel like I've said elevation change so many times, but the holes. A lot of golf courses will use are afraid to take on elevation change, and they'll use the elevation change in between holes. This place is like, no, 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 we are using all of every single dip for every single hole. There's going to be some element. I, I can't picture, I'm trying to picture one flat hole on this course. I don't think there's one hole that doesn't have more than 20 feet of elevation. I wonder how much of that is because they just couldn't 
you couldn't do that much to flatten it. You couldn't do much to you build do it much up, to flatten you know it, I mean? but you it's, didn't have to build there, right? So in this yeah, day true, and age, I'm assuming you there was a lot more land right. to be used to build golf courses. You didn't have to. You didn't look at this and say, "Boom, there's a golf course right there," because this course is not. A lot of Heathland courses are not one big giant property. This course weaves through a neighborhood. It has got houses on it. I think that adds to it too. Like there's some beautiful, beautiful, expensive houses on this golf course, um, but they're not encroaching. You're not hitting it in anybody's yard. It's not. There's there's a lot of people will you know rip on courses that have houses on it. This course was not built to develop houses around. You know what I mean? It's not like an American development <laughs> right. around it. This is a a golf course first, and there's elements of houses that you're looking at, like Mo Farah. I, I believe the marathon runner really? lives on. I heard he lives on the course somewhere. How about that? Um, and yeah, so the lasting impression is just like that purple Heathland look to it is. It's just striking. It just it just gets you. I played here with KVV actually uh, three years ago. I think when it was. And uh, gosh, I should I I I should be curious to get like his take on it. I know he had such a blast. Uh, I think he wore like pink pants on that day. That's what I remember. <laughs> remember the most. Yeah, it's just the aesthetic. It's, of the <laughs> but like, I, it it's got a super cool bar and like deck out back that we ended. I, both my trips are we ended the day having like a Guinness on the on the porch that overlooks this whole thing again. Overlooking ninth green coming straight up, eighteen green coming up, ten t one t right there. It it just it just struck struck a little feeling in me, and I really wanted to talk talk about this golf course. I'm dying to go shoot a video there. I wish I had the camera and stuff with me, but I just didn't shoot on that day. Well, I, I probably wouldn't have shot 69 on that day. That's like the Costanza the Costanza leave behind. Now you got to go back yep. and do it again. Sorry, well, well, sorry yeah, guys. Shit, I, gotta I wish go we could have got it, but so, I guess we got to go back. Send the bill to Big Randy. I love it. Uh, anything else? Any other parting thoughts? I don't think so. Other than uh, you know, I. I we, I talked about this course a decent amount on the the wrap up the solo wrap up pod I did last September ish or something after this trip, but uh, there's probably more details that it was more fresh in my mind then. But it was just a course I wanted I wanted documented. It's I highly recommend it to people. I don't think we need to do one on Sunningdale and Walton Heath. I think people know enough about those and have seen enough of that. Maybe not. Maybe we can give us some feedback if you still want to hear more on those courses. But St. George's Hill was the was one that really stuck out to me that I didn't shoot video on. Uh, Hollandwell, I would have loved to do a pod on that, but like we've shot a video on that, and that pretty well documents it. But um, this course is it's just fantastic. So if you get a chance to check it out, please do. Well, you made the sale. I'd love to go. I'd love to go see it. All right, cheers. <laughs>